Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and we are on episode 11 of our series on the attributes of God. This week we'll be talking about the goodness of God. And back joining us once again is Pastor Phil Allen of the Daystar Christian Fellowship in South Beloit, Wisconsin, not Wisconsin, Illinois, Illinois. Yep. but pretty much Wisconsin. You can see Wisconsin from the church. Basically. You really can. It's right on the border. So welcome yeah. back. Thank you. It's always always fun to be here, Governor. So can I also introduce you as like the recently demoted former president of the Rock County Christian School Board? You can, yeah. As yeah, yeah. fallen down the ranks. I think they wanted to go a different direction, like up. A better direction. Yeah. Yeah. So they needed new leadership. Somebody with that. far clearer gifting. Right. Yeah. So anyway. Um, all right. So we're talking about the goodness of God. Hmm. And I'm going to read this, this quick quote from uh, the book here by A.W. Pink. The goodness of God refers to the perfection of his nature. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. There is such an absolute perfection in God's nature and being that nothing is wanting to it or defective in it, and nothing can be added to it to make it better. And then to quote Thomas Manton, which Pink quotes, I like to, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he says here, uh, God is not only good, but goodness itself. The creature's good is, super, is a super added quality. In God, it is his essence. I think that so often our struggle with the goodness of God is the idea of goodness. Yeah. You know, we have we have probably a pretty watered down vision of what goodness is. You right. know, we'll we'll eat dinner and we'll say, Man, that was good. I mean it, it was pleasurable. Um, or there's a circumstance we like and so that's good. Yeah. And it and it, it generally by it we mean something more like pleasant, I think. Right. And, and, you know, it's hard to transfer that over to God. He is pleasant. But if that's all we mean by goodness, that's kind of an anemic yeah. idea. And it also makes it hard to interpret um, how goodness would play out in a given circumstance. But I had a, I had a, a teacher in seminary who talked about, about the, the broadness of what goodness really means. Mm. And, you know, he, he said it really means something more like fullness or completeness. Yeah. And so that, so that God is, is not just loving. It's not just that love is a character trait he has. It's that he's perfectly loving. Right. Um, but beyond that, even, it's also the perfect combination of all of his yeah. perfect traits. And so God is perfectly loving. He's perfectly just. And he's the perfect combination of right. loving and just. Um, so in, in one sense, almost goodness is almost a modifier yeah. of all of his other traits. Right. And, and getting to that idea of completeness or fullness or perfection. Right, and it gets to his very essence where he defines all of the, what these things are. Yeah. So it's not as if we make these definitions and we see that God matches up to what our description is. Right. ought to be but god defines this for us and therefore everything we are to measure everything according to that that standard yeah right uh, grudem says that the absolute the this attribute of god whereby he is the final standard of good and all that he is and does and is worthy of approval so he is the final standard he is what we measure everything else by so let's look at a couple of these scriptures and we see at mark ten eighteen, we see that uh, only God himself is good. Uh, you mentioned that sometimes we use that, that word good, and 
we're not necessarily using that in the same phrase. We're not saying it's bad to call a situation good or a child good or a dog good. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we are saying is in, in the final perfect sense, there is nothing else that, that matches God. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. And like we said, you know, so, so we'll say he's a good person, which we mean he's, he's probably more moral than he isn't. Right. Um, you know, and, and again, that moral aspect is probably an, an aspect, but it's that, it's that yeah. absolute standard of perfection that defines all other goodness. Now, can I, can I mention a pet peeve in sure. terms of the word good? You know, according to Scripture, there is none good. No, right. not one. Right. And I, I get that, and I, and I believe that, and, yeah. and I exemplify that. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't want to be one of these guys that jumps all over people. That could, that's a good guy. No, 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 he's not good because mm-hmm. he's... I'm just... One of my pet peeves... I don't mind if someone refers because I know what they mean by yeah. that, but we can still I don't know I can still use that and still be and it sure isn't what we would mean biblically because right. we have to say no one is good, right? Um, and and I would certainly never say that of myself. You know, yeah. I I know myself too well to say Phil's a good guy because I'm not right, and that's yeah I, I agree with that. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Psalm I want to look at two Psalms here Psalm twenty seven thirteen and fourteen. Uh, this is probably the first verse that pops in my mind when I think about the goodness of God. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. So I believe I have looked upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's easy to get discouraged when we look around at uh, current situations. And, and, and David did too. Yeah, uh, you know, we, sometimes we think that we're the only people who've ever gone through this particular time, but every particular time's had their challenges and had their stuff. And so, God uh, is still good in the midst of strife, chaos, uncertainty, uh, disaster, whatever. Yeah, we we can still look at the goodness of God, even as fallen creatures who don't perceive everything perfectly, who don't always get what's going on. God's goodness is so good and so perfect, it shines in the midst of sin and chaos and corruption. Yeah, and in fact, there was an interesting, I'm, I'm going to get it wrong because I'm just thinking of it here as you're saying it, but there was a spot where Spurgeon was talking about the storms of life and, mm-hmm. and how we wrestle with the goodness of God in yeah. the storms of life. And so we look at circumstances that are just hard um, or painful or, or look evil to yeah. us even, or maybe are evil. Um, and wonder how how is God good in the midst of that and 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 he said something along the lines I've been trying to jot it down here he said something along the lines of God is good because in the midst of the storm he comes closer than the storm ever could mm, and it's good yeah and and the idea isn't that that the storm itself doesn't define him and and it's his yeah. his presence and his closeness um that is that goodness. Right. Yeah, even, uh, tomorrow in chapel I'll be speaking about the idea of hope uh, mm. from Hebrews, as, as you did the other day. And when you're anchored in something, yeah. uh, one of the illustrations I'll be using is, you know, you, you're on a boat, it, there's a storm coming, you're shifting back and forth, the waves are coming over the bow or whatever. But if you've got that anchor in deep, at the very least you know you're not going anywhere. 
this thing is stronger than that. What's strong, what, what's holding me down is stronger than what's trying to take me away. Right. And so, yeah, even in the midst of that. So Psalm 84, 11, uh, one of my favorite verses. For the Lord is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Mm. No good thing. Sometimes I don't believe that. And you'll get an application with everything, but I, I remember struggling as a single person. You know, I, we were just talking about uh, college, and I was taught as a high schooler, you're supposed to go to a Christian college mm. because then you're going to meet your wife. <laughs> and so according to the Christian college cliche, you meet your wife about junior year and you start dating. And then the uh, break between junior and senior year, you get engaged. And then right after graduation, you get married. Well, I screwed that up somehow. And I actually broke up with my girlfriend who we were talking about getting engaged to uh, in the summer right before senior year. Wow. And so then I graduated without getting married. And I can remember being lonely. Um, I was at a, I was a youth pastor at a church, and I lived right across the street from the church. And I remember the, the lonely feeling of walking back home as all the families were leaving, mm-hmm. and sad little Kevin is walking back. And I remember struggling with this. God, you said, no good thing do you withhold, but I'm missing something here. Yeah, yeah. Well, in that, in that, I, well, I mean, so many things from that. Because yeah. first of all, you know, just that assumption that, well, all of the Christian women or all of the Christian men are at a Christian college. So yeah, to right. one, you've got to go there because <laughs> yeah. there couldn't be Christians anywhere else. No. You know, but that, that really gets into one of, one of the things I struggle with about the goodness of God. Um, and this is, this is going to sound like picking on people too, but that... That refrain we have that we use of, isn't God good? Yeah. You know, notice when we use that. Yeah. We use it when things are good. When something when positive happened to me, yeah. You know, and there was a spot I remember, I remember really vividly, there was a spot where um, there had been an airline crash. Hmm. And um, there was a person who was, who was somehow delayed and so didn't get on the plane. You know, and 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 was talking about that, and somebody else said, "Wow, isn't God good?" Well, what about all the people that did right, get on the right. plane? You know, is is God not good for them? Yeah. And and you know, I that's it's great to say that, but we always say it when when something pleasurable happens, when tragedy is avoided. Yeah. But what about when tragedy strikes? Right. You know, can we say, isn't God good yeah. in the midst? And we can, biblically, and we should develop the ability to. Yeah. But we ought, we usually mean, hey, look, God did what I wanted. Right. Isn't he good? Yeah. <laughs> then we go to Romans eight twenty eight. You know, yeah. it's a famous passage, but sometimes misused, that all things work together for good to those that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And again, we, we mistake that word good for something pleasurable, something yeah. positive, something that's good toward me. Right. But there's a greater good. Yeah. And God is, you know, putting all these puzzle pieces together where it doesn't seem like it makes sense at first. But yeah. when we can finally step back and look at the whole picture, we see, wow, I'm glad God did that. Because yep. if God hadn't done this, then... Yeah, that wouldn't have happened. Or, right. or even if we just set it in that larger 
meaning of good, of completeness, fullness, perfection, you know, so often he uses those hard things yeah. to grow something in me right. that wouldn't grow yeah. if if I hadn't encountered something yeah. difficult. There, there is pain and there is suffering in the world, and God uses that. He does. Um, you know, I'm just thinking of a, uh, a book title. Uh, was the problem with pain by, by Philip Yancey? Oh yeah, right. And yeah. in that book, he taught, he interviews. He, he he wrote it with a doctor that deals with leprosy, and said one of the problems with leprosy is one of the reasons why they lose appendages and things is because they've lost their their nervous system. They've lost their sense of touch and feel. So, I mean, you can do serious damage to yourself if you don't realize your hand is in the fire or or, or whatever. And mm-hmm. so he's using that to describe pain has a purpose mm-hmm. pain oftentimes alerts us to things that uh we should be aware of that we need to stay away from but so there is a purpose in play, in, in pain and yes in the midst of pain we can we it's difficult and it's hard but we can see the goodness of god even working through our pain and suffering right it becomes difficult as i said sure. and, and that means that means we need to have a body of believers that can point that out because we're not going to see it. That's why local church is important. That's why uh, fellowship, Christian fellowship is so important because you can have people who can help you in those moments. And that's why theology the matters. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's having that understanding of goodness that you can latch on to something that's bigger than you would have thought on your own. Right. Um, and, yeah, gives us that platform. So in terms of dangers to avoid, I think, we've hit on a major danger is redefining what goodness is or trying to define that only in in our selfish perspective right and then i also wrote down here just doubting the goodness of god as we've we talked about before yeah so but i think you know the other spot i just remember i heard somebody draw this out a long time ago and i liked it so much i wanted to explore it further and didn't but they were going into how you know, we we first see the goodness of God in creation. Yeah. He creates, it was good. He creates, it was good. He right. creates, it was good. You know, and, and they were talking about how often we withhold our gratitude from God because the provision is so constant. Hmm. That, you know, his goodness yeah. is so evident every day in all of the things that he provides. But that he provides so much so constantly that sometimes we lose sight of that and get blurred to his goodness and there's one thing that's hard there's all this other great stuff but there's this thing that's hard so god must not be good right and and not only do we miss the idea of what goodness really is but we miss all of this stuff that even if we take a a a more surfacey definition of good is good i remember a chapel speaker in college after we just sung one particular hymn he just got up and said all i can say is may i never lose the wonder of it all yeah and yeah, these things. God is so good that it's normal, right? It's it, 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 it's what we see every day, and we almost lose that appreciation yep. because it has become normal. Which is how great and how good God is. That's right. All right. So uh, application. I think we, we've one of the things I've tried to stress in this this whole series is that those moments of just stopping and praising God. Yes. And just. Be awestruck and be lost in the wonder and majesty of God and just say, wow, 
Uh, that doesn't sound very practical, but I think we need to do that. I think we need yeah. to force ourselves sometimes to think deep and to think through some of these things and just like, okay, this is great. Yeah, be odd. Hmm. Yeah. So let's go to our, our final section, um, recommended resources for going a little deeper. Again, we're, we are talking about The Attributes of God by E.W. Pink. Mm-hmm. If you haven't picked that book up, pick it up. Any other recommendations that you'd have, Phil? There is an anthology that's called Suffering and the Goodness of God. Mm. Um, Christopher Morgan, I know, is one of the editors. I tried to dig out the other one and, and couldn't. Um, and it's, it's, it's a really good anthology of thinking practically about a fallen world, life in a fallen world, painful circumstances, and really how does God's goodness interact with that, and how do we interact with his goodness in the midst of it. I gotta pick that up. I've had people recommend that to me. It's before. a, I haven't it's read a it good yet. book. Well, I'm gonna recommend a much shorter book, The Goodness of God: Assurance of Purpose in the Midst of Suffering by Randy Alcorn. It's a it's a little read. It's a more of a devotional uh, book. I know it's helped my wife out quite a bit during some difficult times. She's had mm. to go through. It's helped me out as well. I think it'll help you out as well. But Goodness of God by Randy Elkin. So, thank you all for listening, and we're going to continue our series here. So next week, we'll be into uh, part 12 of our series. And I should know that right off the top of my head, but I don't. But it's the patience of God. The patience of God. And I think Ray Jewel will be here with, with us to talk about God's patience. And you have to have a lot of patience to deal with Ray Jewel. So that's a good episode for him to do. But that's all right. He's had a lot of patience with me. Anyway, I think you guys are out of patience. So thanks for, for listening, Phil. Thanks for joining us once again. My pleasure. And uh, make sure you check out our website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org. You can check out all the resources from all the previous episodes as well on that page. So until next time, have a great rest of your day.